of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and I am so glad you have tuned in and uh, to listen to this podcast. Uh, I heard something the other day, one of my favorite um, podcasters, if you will, uh, preachers, Dr. James White, uh, he, he said that that term tune in is really kind of an irrelevant term now. Nobody tunes in like you used to. You used to tune the radio or the television or whatever, and nobody really does that. It's all digital now. Uh, but at any rate, welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. And so uh, I am delighted to be with you today to share this time with you as <clears throat> we are thinking about uh, issues related to worship, theology, and culture. And um, so I am going to do that today, and at least in the best way I possibly can. Um, today is a worship-related topic, and I want to ask you a question. How Trinitarian is your worship? And it's a simple question, uh, but one that I think people rarely think about. How Trinitarian is your worship? In the past decade, the importance of Trinitarian worship has been deeply ingrained in me not only because of my doctoral and graduate studies, um, but because I think the Lord has sort of opened my eyes to that fact that in nature He is triune. And so the vitality of Trinitarian worship cannot be overstated. God is triune in nature, and so the worship of God needs to be triune also. Um, Believers often speak of the three persons of the Godhead, but with limited knowledge and understanding, and often without an appropriate application in the context of worship gatherings. John MacArthur has referred to the Holy Spirit as the forgotten God because of this misunderstanding. And a close assessment of, I think, many churches' worship gatherings will quickly reveal the ignorance of Trinitarian worship uh, that is present in the Christian subculture. And so to combat this ignorance and this misunderstanding, there are certain actions that the church can take. And so I want to give you three primary ways the church can ameliorate her Trinitarian nature in corporate worship. The first way is to intentionally uh, intentionally seek ways to express worship to all three persons of the Trinity. People often don't think about that. Yeah, I worship the Father. Yeah, I worship Jesus for some people, it sounds a little weird and bizarre to worship the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is equally as worthy, and so we worship the Holy Spirit as well. And so the church needs to intentionally seek ways to express worship to all three persons of the Trinity. And this can be done not only through music, but also through the language in prayer and in teaching. And since Christians for a long time have believed that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are co-equal, well, since the early church, it is crucial that churches reflect this theology. Think about the music used in Christian worship. Uh, While much of it exists on the topic of the Son and maybe even the Father, I, I would venture to guess that there is far more content about the Son than anything. Um... But little exists about the Holy Spirit, even in charismatic circles where there often seems to be an overemphasis of the third person of the Godhead. 
And so to reflect God's triune nature, churches should be intentional about presenting all three persons of the Trinity in their worship practices. So the first way that the church can combat this ignorance and this misunderstanding is to intentionally seek ways to express worship to all three persons of the, of the Trinity. The second way is to intentionally teach believers the co-equality of all three persons of the Trinity. Notice I started again with intentionally. That's a key word here. So intentionality means not referring to Jesus as the Father <laughs> or not claiming that the Father died for the sins of believers. Neither one of those is true. Intentionality means declaring that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are equally worthy to be worshipped. And when churches teach that all three persons of the Godhead are equal in nature, believers begin to understand these truths as they are compounded, as they begin to have it ingrained in their minds and their hearts. Maybe the Trinitarian nature of God is often misunderstood because local churches have not taken the time to be intentional in how they discuss him. And so intentionally teaching the triune nature of God, I think, will improve the content of corporate worship. But again, it has to be intentional. The third way that I suggest we can combat this as a church is to utilize and write, even, music that reflects God's nature. And I'm specifically speaking of his triune nature. Music is one of the greatest pedagogical tools that the church has ever been given. And whether we realize it or not, music is often a source of theology for many believers. Good or bad, it's it's a fact. The music a church sings reflects who they are as a local church. A church whose music is not triune in content likely has a limited understanding of God's triune nature. And so I encourage ministers um, to examine the music their church sings and even measure the amount of content devoted to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all three persons of the Godhead. If content about one person is lacking or maybe overemphasized, that church should probably strive to make changes so that the worship gatherings are triune in nature. And certainly, music exists that reflects the triune nature of God, but local churches can also write music with these reflections. The key for all of this is intentionality. Churches should should be intentional about God's triune nature in their worship practices. I, I often write hymns. I'm going to pull one up here if I can find it. Um... All right, here it is. Here's one that I wrote, um, oh, maybe a year or two ago. I'm not, uh, let's see. Looks like I wrote it in 2020. Um, this is a text, and I, I intentionally and purposely um, wanted to include all three persons of the Godhead. So the first stanza says, Glory to the triune mystery. He whom angels wrap with praise, one in essence, three in persons, to his honor, voices raised. God who ordered frame of heaven made the starry host to shine. To his name, all nature longing tells of greatest skill divine. So we're talking about triune God in that stanza. The second stanza is to advance his foremost glory. God imparts unrivaled grace. 
Thousands of his radiant beauty spread the firmament with praise. Earthly powers be swift to loud him and repeat his songs of praise. Filled with all enduring greatness from his heavenly throne he reigns. Uh, that stanza focuses primarily on the Father. Okay, now we get to the third stanza. God the Son, as man was emptied and became like those he made, wore a crown of shame and suffering for redemption's mighty claim. Every knee on earth and heaven at the name of Jesus bow, of his tender love and mercy, saints of God shall e'er avow. Okay, so we're talking about the Son. And then the last stanza talks about the Holy Spirit. By the way, I did this very purposely in the correct Godhead order, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, not heretical by any means, but I've heard um, songs that will refer to God and the Trinity out, out of those orders, Father, Son, and Spirit. But that is the Godhead order. That is why we refer to the Holy Spirit as the third person of the Godhead or the Son as the second person. There is a an order, not a hierarchy, but an order. The fourth stanza, it says, Holy Spirit, worshipped ever in the Trinity as one, God, uh, one in might and one in glory, one with Father and the Son. Manifold his wondrous makings, spring of comfort's vast supply. He, the agent of salvation, giver of of the saints new life. And so there is, we, we can not only as believers, as ministers, as worship leaders, we can not only use other people's songs, but we can write our own songs to reflect that theology. Worship is Trinitarian because God is Trinitarian. God is a Trinity. And so worship should be Trinitarian. And so I would dare suggest that most local churches do not reflect the Trinitarian nature of God. Likely because of a lack of intentionality, the content that you see in evangelical corporate worship gatherings largely lacks Trinitarian characteristics. And so this lack may certainly and, and really should be changed. And so for God's people to accurately reflect the God they love and they worship, his three-in-one nature should be pervasive throughout worship. In other words, the music, the prayers, and the teaching should reveal who, as God, who is Father, Son, and Spirit, and whose three persons are, are all co-equal and co-eternal. A right question to ask in any local church context, then, is this. How Trinitarian is your worship? I encourage you to think about that. As you go to your worship gatherings, how Trinitarian is your church's worship? And hopefully... The answer is a positive one. If not, maybe you can be a part of the change. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Did it, did it.